Hello, hello, and welcome back freaking finally to I'm Sorry What with Ashley Sleek. It's almost been, actually, I think it's going to be an official month since I've done a podcast. So I let, put out my last episode on January 13th, and I feel like it's important for me, even though it's hard to kind of talk about like where the hell I've been. And I don't know if there's a place for it. I don't know if Depression Island is a real place, but I feel like I booked myself a one-way ticket there. And I posted this on my Instagram a few days, like I think last night, and then got super insecure about it, but then fell asleep and forgot to take it off. But every time I turned on my microphone, I just got a full-on panic attack, which is like so annoying because I literally do a daily radio show. Um, But I, I just been having such a hard time getting myself to do almost anything that I love. And I know I know how I get when I'm in these moods, you know, um, I don't te- I, I'm a really bad texter in general. But when I get in these moods, I super don't text like anyone back. Um, I have to force myself out of bed every day. I got to force myself to do things. And most of the time I just like don't do them. And I don't know. It's been so weird. I think I started off January in like such a positive manner where I was very excited for 2020. I love 2019. And somewhere around January 13th, I just totally plummeted. It was like back in the routine of, you know, not wanting to take a shower, not getting up on time, ignoring my alarm, not working out. Like I remember telling uh, my best friend, Kim, I'm like, okay, so February is going to be my month. I'm going to work out every day. And like, I think that lasted, I don't know, like five days where I was doing it really well. And then I just fell back off of it. And then I started to, you know, hate looking at myself in the mirror again. I just like, it, it was hard. And like, I feel like it's so good to be honest and open about it because I just watched the last episode of Vanderpump Rules and you know I I like to talk about that with my sister on our podcast but Ariana was I almost said Ariana Grande Ariana was opening up to Lisa about her depression and you know she was like I was in my car and I thought like what if I just like drove off that cliff and like you know Lisa was like yes that's you know depression and I totally like not that I'm there right now but like I've definitely felt that in the past and I totally get it she's like I want to come back to Sur and work so I have like a reason to put my makeup on every day and Lisa's like I just want you to get up and do that and like I literally just watched that episode and I was like okay I'm gonna do my podcast again like if Ariana can show up to pride with everybody looking at her be on camera 24 seven like battling depression I can like be open and talk about it on my podcast like that's really why I have a podcast because I really like to talk about, you know, and be open about what's going on in my life because I feel like someone out there might hear this and be like, okay, if she can sit there and do her podcast, like I can get up and go for a walk. So hopefully we're all just kind of spiraling down and um, love Ariana, love Vanderpump. I, you know, I don't know. And to everyone that I've been ignoring, I'm sorry, I'm in one of those moods. Like I just, and I just have to say, I don't think I talk enough or give enough credit to Jimmy. I think I'm so mean to him all the time. And I know that. But like, damn, I don't I don't know if the roles are reversed, if I would honestly be be able to put up 
with what he has to put up with, like late night panic attacks, you know, random calls, random mood swings, just like, you know, him calling just to say hi, because, you know, we're obviously long distance and, you know, him wanting to talk and me just having like no energy whatsoever to talk like at all. And he's just like there by my side through everything. So I feel like I don't say enough nice things about Jimmy, but I just want you guys to know that damn get yourself a partner who wow like you know I watch a lot of my friends be great partners you know and 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 really help their loved ones through um you know hard especially hard mental health things and I'm like so in awe so impressed and you know then I was like oh shit is that ever gonna happen to me because it's gonna have to like I'm you know 10% crazy maybe 90% and you know, Jimmy's just been amazing. So if if you're out there and you're with somebody who is not either, you know, pushing you to do better because everybody needs a different kind of love. You know, there are people with, with mental health out there who need tough love. They need a swift kick in the ass. And, you know, they find that partner who for like me, I need I need both. I need a kick in the ass that usually comes from my friends because, um, you know, I get sensitive. And then I, I also need some like sometimes some coddling support, just listening. And, you know, that's really what I got with Jimmy. So if you're not getting what you need in your fucking love language, get the fuck out of that relationship, whether it's a friendship or, you know, a partnership. It's just like when you realize what you need in people, it's just so amazing because then you won't like you won't accept anything less and then you'll be that person for someone else. And if you're with someone and you don't think you can be that person for them, then don't be with them either because they they need to be able to like have that person. You know what I'm saying? So that was six minutes of me talking about, um, you know, my own freaking health shit. And hopefully if you are just tuning into this podcast for the first time, like it's not always super depressing. I just like to be hashtag real. And I know I'm so late to the game, but I just feel that it's important for me to get a chance to bitch about what I want to bitch about. And that is the Oscars. Okay, you guys. Wow. The Oscars had some very confusing moments. Like, I am so pumped about Eminem coming to that stage because Matt and I, Jasmine's boyfriend, Matt, I know we talk a lot about um everyone on the podcast. Him and I were supposed to do a podcast after we watched the Oscars. But I think we were both just like too tired to function. Um, We were all in San Diego. Anyways, all of this is to say that we busted out that entire rap basically when he came on stage. And I was like, yes, still got it. Mom Spaghetti's he's nervous. But on the service, he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd. OK, you stop. But it's hard as you start. Um, I love that. And it's <laughs> it was amazing. This is what I tweeted out. I, I actually got you guys. You know, I'm not as good on Twitter as I am on Instagram. But I do love to live tweet these events. Um, and I got like a ton of likes on one of my tweets. By a ton, I mean like 45. I'm famous. And um, so this tweet basically was just I like I'm so confused as to why Eminem is on the stage right now, but he definitely woke my ass up something around that. And then everyone kept commenting and was like, oh, he won, you know, 
a Grammy in 2003 or whatever. And I'm like, you guys, that still doesn't answer my question. I understand that Eminem won a Grammy in 2003 and now and he didn't get to perform it. He was Rob. But why in 2020 are we just getting the performance? Like, what's the tea? Who did he hate on the Grammys? Board? Like, who was he pissed off against? Who didn't want him? You know what I'm saying? Like, something happened, and I need to know what it is. That, and I think I just kept saying the Grammys, sorry, the Oscars. What happened that all of a sudden got Eminem to come back on the Oscar stage? Something juicy. There is tea. There is a scandal behind it, and I need to know what it is. You know, scandal. It's handled. It's handled. Um, Here's something else. There was a lot of controversy about Billie Eilish. I want to start here. This might be an unpopular opinion, and maybe I'm going to get in trouble for it. But if you are going to say performances by someone, okay, then I'm thinking, wow, I'm getting this like big performance by this person, okay? When you say performance by Billie Eilish, I'm thinking I'm getting a Billie Eilish performance. I think, in my opinion, it was a little disrespectful to paint this as a Billie Eilish performance when she was the singer for the memoriam. Like she did beautifully. I know people hated, which F off. I thought she did amazing. Um, But I'm just I just don't think that's like nice to say performance because I know you're saying performance because you're trying to get the younger kids who love Billie Eilish to watch the show. Now Billie Eilish is singing, you know, for the memoriam. I would have presented it as and the memoriam, you know, a special memorial performance by Billie Eilish. I just thought it was so weird that they were advertising this big Billie Eilish performance because I know like myself and Matt, we were like, what is she performing? I know she's doing that new James Bond song, but that's not even out yet. So that makes no sense. You're supposed to, you know, normally it's the songs that are nominated or something from, you know, the best picture, whatever. I don't know. I just thought it was really weird. And I thought it was a little distasteful to like act like you're gonna have this big Billie Eilish performance. Now, the shit about Billie Eilish rolling her eyes I just watched a video from, you know, the last this like past. um, I just said I went on my first like big work trip and there's a video of the conference and you can see myself rolling my eyes in the video. And um, I just think that we can't judge people based off their faces. Like, first of all, everybody made that confused look when when Eminem took the stage. It started when they were playing the video back and like Eminem's song, like eight miles going like a long time. And you're like, okay, this is like a long, everyone else got really short clips. Like why is eight mile getting this long thing? And you're confused. And then all of a sudden he gets on stage and you're like, what? Like it was so confusing. And that doesn't mean she was confused in a bad way. Okay. Also point two, Maya Rudolph and uh, Kristen Wiig did flipping fantastic. They're so funny, duh, always. And you looked at the crowd and Billie Eilish is rolling her eyes. And of course, people immediately came from her. First of all, she's sitting next to her brother. Do you mean times I'm sitting next to my sister in literally any event and my eyes start rolling? Anywhere you go. I've been to a funeral and sat next to her and rolled my eyes. Like, shit happens. Okay. So how you didn't know he didn't say anything? Or maybe she's like, ugh, they should have been the host. You know, everybody is so fucking quick to cancel people. It's like, honey, reflux and lax. Reflux and lax. This is my 
<laughs> my new favorite word. Reflect and lax. Leave the bitch alone. She's like, what, 12? Like, don't come for her. I'm just kidding. I know Billie Eilish fans don't come for me. But like she was just living her best life at the freaking Oscars. She's at her like first Oscars, I'm assuming. I don't actually know. And you're hating on her for rolling her eyes. She was entertainment. I'm sorry. But the Oscars got really boring because and it's not because they don't have a host. I thought all the people who talked were really funny, but it's just like, oh, my God, they did their intros for so stinking long. Like they showed a montage and then had to announce the nominees like, no, honey, nobody has time for that. Like an award show does not have to be seven hours long. We can get that shit done in one. Very easy. We can, you know, we don't have to. We don't have to do all that. So I am in full support of Billie Eilish. And um, yes, also just have to do the I'm sorry what that everyone's wondering about. Black China was there. I think in my opinion, I'm sure there's other reasons on the Internet. I kind of looked around, but not hard enough. My assumption is that she applied to be a seat filler. That's just what I think that she did. I've seen other people do it. I think that she was like, I'm going to show up on this red carpet. No one's going to know. But in reality, Black China was just sitting in Brad Pitt's seat when he had to take a shit. I'm just saying when he got the nervous shits, am I going to win an Oscar for a performance? He had to go to the bathroom. Black China filled in just like the kind of fill in she is. You know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think that's why she was there. Okay. I know I'm so behind the times, you guys, but this I'm just coming back on my podcast hype and I have something else I think is really important to talk about. And that is Taylor Swift's documentary. Wow. Oh, wow. I know everyone's like, bitch, this has been out for weeks. Okay, but if you have not taken the time to watch it, and I've said this to many people, even if you aren't a Taylor fan, because there are a lot of Taylor haters out there, which whatever, take the time to watch this documentary because, you know, we see people crumble, right? Very obviously. We saw a Justin Bieber meltdown. We've seen a Demi Lovato meltdown. We've seen a Miley Cyrus meltdown. Taylor Swift arguably had a very similar meltdown and painted it like you wouldn't even know. You know what I'm saying? Like the way she thinks that we saw her was like, so inaccurate. She handled her shit very well, but she had a pop star meltdown. And I think it's important that people see that because, you know, we're all about, oh, if we don't see, you know, the, you know, the DUIs and, you know, the drug issues and they're fine. But it's like, no, she sister snapped. And here's what really annoyed me about it. Here's my big, big, I'm sorry, what about that documentary is Taylor Swift is out here bawling her freaking eyes out, talking about how she thought she wasn't worthy and talking about the sexual assault case that she had, you know, talking about how she felt like she needed to go out there and say something about it. And during that clip, when she's crying to her dad, saying, I need to stand up for what I believe in, all of the posts about that were about if she was wearing a fucking engagement ring. I wanted to literally set fire to the wind. Is that what Adele says? Set fire to the wind? I don't know. Anyways, what? You guys, this this chick is out here talking about being bulimic, anorexic. I might have made it the bulimic one. Anorexic. She's talking about her 
her whole body image. She's talking about feeling how how she's striving for people to love her, how she felt like she couldn't say anything, you know, her sexual assault case and the toll that took on her, you know, having to fight off her dad, a lot of her fans to come out and talk about what was real. And you want to know if she was wearing an engagement ring. What? I get it. I totally get it. Sleuthy, I hear you. But how about we wait two weeks until after the documentary to talk about if she was wearing a ring or not? How about all the headlines should be about the fact that Taylor Swift was hiding her true emotions from the world for so long because she thought if she spoke up, if she thought she was the person she wanted to be, if she thought she shown her true personality, that people weren't going to like her and she was going to be canceled. Like that is the most important part of that documentary. But you want to know if she's engaged or not? Go fuck yourself. Ew. That was so annoying. I was so so mad seeing the the back the social media responses to that. I was like, God, can you just not care about her relationship for two seconds? Jesus. Anyways, I really hope she comes out with, with another half of that because I would just love to see more. Her life is fascinating. I always thought it was fascinating, but so much more fascinating you know, she she kind of touched on everything so small where I just wanted more. I was like, no, I need to know more about about your struggle. It made me respect her so much more as an artist. Not that you have to have a hardship in order for me to respect you. It's just that, you know, going through this whole I, I, I honestly never thought about the whole Kanye her being canceled thing. I never thought it was like that big of a deal. I was like, yeah, it's Taylor Swift, though. Like she's always going to have her loyal fan. She's going to be fine. I, that was me always. She's going to be fine. It's OK if you make a joke about Taylor. She's going to be fine. No, she guess what? Newsflash. She's not fine. And that's what that that, you know, documentary was saying and to so many young fans and and fans of my own age, people like me, like that was powerful for her to say, no, actually, I'm not okay. And I'm working on it. And I'm getting there. And I'm gonna stand up for what I believe in. And this is and I grew up and I was young and I didn't know what to do. Like, she admits all these faults. And I just think it was flipping fantastic. One part I want to talk about that really annoyed me. There's this comedian named Nikki Glazer. I don't want to pronounce it wrong. I have followed her tweets a few times. I really like her. So she was actually um, quoted. You can hear her recording, I believe, of a podcast or something in Taylor's documentary. And she's talking about, oh, all these stick thin, you know, bitches and her model friends or whatever, like makes this this comment about, um, you know, Taylor's weight and all of her friends and how it's fake and whatever. So Nikki hears this and she then takes to her Instagram you know, offers Taylor this huge apology, you know, is like, this really opened my eyes, blah, blah, blah. And then Taylor's like, this is what the documentary is for, opening eyes, blah, blah, blah. You guys, this same girl who just tweeted all this thing about changing and blah, 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 her tweet, I didn't get it exactly. I don't know if it's if it's down now, but she tweets on the Oscars when, um, when Renee Zellweger won for you know, best actress, she tweeted, and the skinniest girl wins, of course. Like, 
did you just learn nothing from Taylor's documentary about her struggling with her weight? Like, how are you going to say that Renee Zellweger's not struggling with her weight or, you know, isn't having a health issue where she's losing weight? Like, we are so quick to jump on the skinny bitches. And I get it. I know why I do it because I'm just jealous. But, you know, I've moved away from that in the last like years of doing that. Once I heard someone say to me, I'm actually insecure about how skinny I am. I learned that very fast. And I was like, oh, shit, this happens for other people, too. Like fat people aren't the only insecure ones. (gasps) Groundbreaking. And and the fact that she sat there and talked to Taylor Swift saying, I'm going to be better, I'm going to be better, and then turn around. That was literally weeks apart from each other. So I'm just saying, if you are going to sit here, and I get it, because there's been many times where I pledged to myself I wasn't going to talk shit. I kind of stopped pledging myself to doing that because I made a whole podcast out of doing it. But if you are going to say that you are going to be better and pledge yourself to Taylor Swift about, you know, not talking about people's weight and blah, 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 then I think you have to live up to it, especially on social media where everything is documented. Like what? I just, I could not believe my eyes when I saw that. I was like, this, this chick just literally just said this. So anyways, I'm just saying that, um, I hope that Nikki, I mean, I get it. Comedians, you know, I'm not a comedian. I think I'm funny, but I'm no way a comedian. And I get that we, you know, we people poke fun for a living and I get it. But like after you just said you were going to stop doing this, I don't know. But I hope that she finds the confidence she needs to not put other women's bodies down all the time because it's a little excessive and the joke is getting old. Okay, but I feel like also one day I'm going to meet her and I'm going to ask her not to hate me. I just I just don't, you know, just don't be a hypocrite. Maybe she didn't even know she did it, but I didn't like it. I don't know, you guys. Um, anyways, hi, hello. Uh, side note, Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas are having a baby, which makes me so freaking happy. I feel like their kid's going to be so cute and so tall and it's going to be like super talented and beautiful. And I hope they get him a little him or her a little dire wolf. I'm obsessed. That news just broke. And I just want you to know that the first person to tell me that Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner were having a baby was my dad. Yep. Straight up. Love it. Um, Okay, you guys. So I promise this isn't one of those things where I'm going to disappear again. I know I did that. I've done it so many times and it breaks my heart because I really love doing this and I would really love to be successful at doing it. And sometimes my mental health just gets the fuck in the way. But like Lisa Vanderpump said, get up in the morning, do your makeup. I can't guarantee I'm going to do that. But in my head, it's going to be like, get up every Sunday, do your podcast, put it out on Mondays, do what you love to do, text your friends back eat your vegetables and ride your exercise bike and like get get skinny in a healthy way. You know what I'm saying? Because like I got things to do. Okay, life to live, excitement to be had, podcasts to record. Um, Don't forget, if you want to catch up on all my fabulous Oscar tweets, you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Ashley Sleek. And of course, I will be back here with you hopefully on Monday. So you won't have to wait too long for me. Okay, bye.